You're listening to Very Loose Women. Good evening, listeners. Uh, you're listening to Very Loose Women on Resonance 104.4 FM. And tonight in the studio is me and Soila. And, and then we have two guests in the studio with us as well. There's Flori's sister, Lily. Ooh, which is um, my official title. Your official <laughs> title. No, so, so she's here with Daisy King, who has written a play. And Lily is producing the play. And it's on uh, 8th to the 12th of May at the King's Head Theatre in Islington. So we're going to be speaking more about that tonight. First, we're going to hear a little bit from Blur. Tender, which is a song which is featured in the play, so that's why we're hearing it. Tender is the night, lying by your side. Tender is the touch of someone that you love too much. Tender is the day the demons go. So that was a short extract from Blur, Tender. It was a song that I have never heard before, um, but I do really like Blur, so there's that. Just before we go into the main topic of the show, which is uh, the play No Fs Given, and for the listeners, you should know that is the penultimate time I'm going to say f for the F word. So if you don't like hearing swearing or you're around someone who shouldn't be hearing swearing or you don't want them to <laughs> for some, some <laughs> reason, <laughs> then maybe switch off frustrations and celebrations of the week i am just going to kick off with my own celebration which is my next door neighbor's cats they make me celebrate all of the time i had difficulty on my way to the station here leaving my house just because i wanted to cuddle them so much you're they're not the, a cat person i'm not a cat person but they're just oh they just change me they <laughs> make the me power, a better person the small things have, have that kind of effect yeah. <laughs> no, but they're, they're not just cats they're really strong pussies that's <laughs> <laughs> face Leo she's like I'm impressed well, no 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 can we just say there is an impressive smell in the studio this evening <laughs> so these cats have these like little upturned noses <laughs> these huge eyes like squashed faces mm. one of them's grey the other one's oh, I was going to say ginger but um, I was speaking to my neighbour and it's like, that is not a ginger cat, that is a red cat. So we must know okay. that is what you it's call those cats. Cat. Yeah. Okay. Um, Soiler, does yours match up to this? Um, well, okay, so I don't know if mine's probably a bit of a... It's a frustration slash update. So a couple of weeks ago... We had an episode called the, the Moon Cup Diary. Yeah, I think we actually played it last week as well. Oh, <laughs> so we, we also so played it last show. week. Yeah. We loved that show so much. Yeah. Um, basically, I have an update, and I've got my period for the next time. I want my second period since Moon Cup using. Yeah. Um, Woo! Yeah, I know. I'm um, whooping a lot. And I was <laughs> so um, ready, and I was actually excited. I was like, "Yes, using the Moon Cup." So, yeah. I mean, I was annoyed that my period came early, but fine got my moon cup at the ready yeah however unlike last time i've been having difficulty kind of getting it to sit in the vagina comfortably yeah and i was like right okay okay maybe this is just you know first this is day what i was worried about but but what i did i was like okay let's reevaluate what's feeling uncomfortable mm -hmm. it's the the little bit at the end at the bottom of, of the moon cup um, which you kind of cut to a certain length, which I mentioned last time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe if I cut it shorter, then it might sit better, mm -hmm. um, which I did. 
and it is sitting better. Okay. So but it's still not as comfortable as last week. It's not as comfortable. I'm not feeling think, the same sort of magical thrill. I don't thrill. know if it's that something that, that you mentioned earlier was that it might just be because um, it's my first day on mm. my period. Mm. and Is that um, lighter flow for you or heavier? Lighter, right. lighter, and then it gets heavier. Because um, for me, it's day one. Pff, that's oh, yeah, that's big gush. That was the no. onomatopoeia for big gush, and then day two, it like, <laughs> no, it goes down. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully, um, and I, I do, I am, I'm fully ready to have a good moon cut period again. Okay, well, we look forward to hearing that. Um I will make a master edit for those interested of the of our Moon Cup podcast. Yeah, more right? updates. I do more updates on vagina and um, vaginas, vaginas <laughs> vagi- <laughs> vaginal flows. <laughs> yeah, uh, from Soilers. Uh, vagina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. I just said vagina way too much. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so, can we hear next from Lily? Uh, you got you an unfortunate email say, today. I, I did. I get. I got a text yeah. message. Um, I love it. Can I just say that I always feel like vagina is the terminology that we use to tell our our private parts off. Like vagina. I can't believe you did that vagina. <laughs> and then like it's like and it's like its official name. But I love it. I love <laughs> it. Vagina is the official name. Um, so yeah, I got a text message today, which is my um, not so great one um, from a. <laughs> Someone that I uh, previously had some form of relation with. Okay. Um, in a hospitality job, don't ever get involved with your manager. It's never going to be a great outcome for okay. anyone. Maybe just in general. <laughs> and in general, in general managerial positions, but yeah, probably the best not to. Anyway, I didn't uh, think that was a problem in my case. I was okay. like, obviously, I'm the exception. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and this is going to work out amazing. Um, <laughs> did not because okay. uh, I don't know. Yeah, you t- it didn't anyway, and I just got received a message going, oh, it was like, ciao, um, fancy meeting up and being silly together sometime soon. Oh, my soon. God. Uh, how are you, by the way? As in, like, <laughs> side note, how are you? <laughs> like, but first of all, I was like, fuck. I was like, I almost, it's almost a celebration as well. It's like, thank God, I'm not at that place anymore. I'm going to have a freaking see I mean, freaking see you again. Excuse my language. And then um, the celebration would definitely be solely thinking that I was the older sister of said Flory, um, yeah. which is the little sister of is my official title normally. But I was told that I was the older, which obviously means that I'm much more together and grown up than I thought I appeared to be. So there you go. Daisy, have you got a celebration or a frustration? or is it oh my gosh no it's I mean so much yeah it'll come to me it'll come okay we'll hear it later on in the show um so yeah on to the main topic uh Daisy uh wrote this play um which I mentioned earlier um just to repeat uh it's on at the King's Head Theatre in Islington 8th to the 12th of May uh on each night I think at 8 30 p.m that's correct and an additional matinee at 5 p.m on the Saturday um, and, uh, yeah, I just wanted to launch in this. I didn't want to define it uh, in your place, but what? who can tell me what the play is about? That's the million-dollar question. Actually, when we were talking about this, um, we were saying that it's that... Um it's the hardest question, I think, for a playwright to answer, I think. I think it's the yeah. thing where you've been so immersed in a world for such a long time that you kind of, you, it's almost impossible to remove yourself from it. Mm. So uh, so when we were talking about it, I was like, well, I think Lily can probably answer the question better than I can. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. And on that note, I'll take my sunglasses off <laughs> dramatically. I know you guys can't see that, but um, yeah, for some reason I was wearing my sunglasses. Um, so the play is about... No f's given, which I'm going to say on radio. No f's instead of the okay. uh, the 
yeah, obvious term fine. that we're going with. It follows our protagonist, Stacey. Um, mm. It follows her over the course of three days. It's a descent of a character who you think is in the social thrall of and fun of it all, um, is living her, say, maybe, like, best life, having fun, and she's a funny person. But there's this kind of sense of foreboding and perhaps like self-delusion that comes along with a certain lifestyle that I think a lot of like mid-20s to 30s women can relate to of going out and having fun and I think it unravels that backstory of the realities of actually the effect that has. And what would you say to that definition of your play? Yeah no I like yeah no it's good I agree I do agree I think it's that thing for me I wanted to um First of all, it was important to have a play that, that had female protagonists um, and especially, uh, you know, complex female characters, not a kind of uh, paint by numbers. And I think what's I think you covered it really well. I think, it, you know, it does span three days. But what we see are elements of backstory um, mm. and they're told through Stacey's lens and, and she's got a fantastic sense of humour and and we and we i hope uh, we're, we're warmed to her and 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 we like her but but there's a incredible uh need to survive i think within her and and what i wanted to explore was as those kind of uh the way we try the survival techniques that we we discover whether they're and i don't really like using these words but healthy or unhealthy in inverted commas mm. and 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 um yeah and and how actually and the reason for survival is often a so much more about what uh, how we want the world to see us and uh, how we want to what we want people to think of us and and what we are told or what we believe is important to be thought of us um, and yeah those survival techniques which kind of try and back up that thinking I think oh. so it's um, presented in the context of who runs the world festival which is a festival mm. the king's head is putting on yeah. how does it what is that about and how does it relate to that so uh yeah so the king's head um uh it's a four-week festival and it's brilliant actually the king's head do a kind of double bill so there'll be a show before ours that starts at seven we'll run at an hour and then ours is on at 8 30 uh but it also it runs over four weeks there's lots of different um female playwrights and different pieces that are coming in so it's giving a fantastic platform and that's the whole premise of it behind it is this idea of it creating uh, a festival being created that celebrated female playwrights um, that are writing predominantly female-led pieces um, and although not a total prerequisite something that I think myself and most of the other members of the festival thought was you know uh, female directed pieces and even in our case sort of female dominated uh, creatives um and yeah so so that was what they they uh, so louise davis uh, who's uh, the senior producer one of the senior producers at um the king's head theater wanted to uh do something be active be front-footed uh, in response to uh the hashtag me too mm. and hashtag times up movements um and she felt that in I, you know, to, to, to talk on her behalf, she she felt that in her position she was able to create an opportunity to be a direct response to that. You know, it's absolutely brilliant that the conversations are starting but what can we do what's within our what are yeah, we how do you carry it on absolutely almost, yeah. we have a responsibility right and what with with within what's available to us what can we create and so that's where the idea of who runs the world festival came from from her um yeah, and I think I think it's a brilliant platform. I think it's a very very much needed platform. Mm. And for the play itself, how did it come to life? 
Big mil- question. <laughs> it's a big uh, question. Do you want to start, yeah. start with that one? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, there's so, sort of two two strands, yeah. two on, two strand answers, yeah. I think, to that question. The first well, one would be how we met, I think, yeah. would be the kind of more logistical side of it, and then I'll talk a little bit about yeah. my so, backstory, I think. me and Daisy met at Clean Break Theatre Company, uh, which is a company that was set up in 1979. It works with women who have been in the criminal justice system, um, whether they're... And for women who are at risk of offending. It was set up by two women who were prisoners and wanted to tell the hidden stories of women who have been imprisoned. Um, and it's then since uh, moved forward in educational programmes um, which rehabilitated women um, through arts projects and is now in the process of uh, re, uh, rebranding its uh rebranding itself in terms of being a theatre company so moving away from the educational um, programming and more about being a platform specifically to create theatre as a direct response to what is going on in the world Um, it's a pretty magical place to be Uh, I've felt I feel completely just um, really safe um, and and all the above when I'm ever in there Mm. I come Mm. I come from the perspective of being an assistant and a volunteer on the uh, educational programme, when programmes when it was running, etc. And I'm continuing to do that work on their other projects that they are running in direct correlation to things that are going on at the moment, such as youth loneliness. Mm-hmm. We've got a project with young women that I'm working on. But me and Daisy, mm. me and Daisy, back to that old chestnut story, uh, <laughs> why we're all here, uh, is we met because I was assisting on um, the playwriting for theatre course, which mm. uh, Daisy was a participant of. Um, and so have literally, I have literally been there since the first workshop um, where we planted the seeds of these characters and everything mm. else and before we even knew what it was, I think. Yeah, um, yeah that's how we met. That's how we met. So <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, so I was a, I was a member at, at Clean Break or, or what used to be known as a student, um, which means that I was one of the women um, who, yeah, is, as it said, is uh, uh, work with women who have experienced the criminal justice system or are at risk of offending, and, um, and Lily was a volunteer there. So we sort of came to Clean Break from... from, from from slightly different, different stories, places, yeah. different places. We were talking a lot about um, Lily's desire to, as an actor, she graduated as an actor and wanting to find out more about applied theatre yeah. and arts education, and that was her entrance into it. And then, interestingly, my backstory is uh, I have a degree in applied theatre and was a practitioner and was running workshops in, and did some incredible work in Kosovo and places like that. It's kind of work I'm very passionate about. Mm. But um, because I got ill um, and, and got to the place that I did, and by the time I arrived, Arrived at Clean Break, I'd been um, uh, sectioned and was homeless, uh, and that sort of came off the back of having, I think, what I'd, in inverted commas, had you know a successful career and came from you know something we spoke about before, privileged backgrounds to an extent, um, and how how mental health, um, um, drug abuse and alcohol abuse and um, sexual abuse and all of those things are irremovable from our stories mm. and, the, and the detrimental impacts they can have. Um, and so yeah, so that's sort of where I came into Clean Break was from, from was from that side. And and as you said, you know, I always think of that place as a, it's a sanctuary. And I, you know, there's no, you know, it's no one strand, but there was a multitude of of areas of support that I got. You know, I had St Mungo's picked me up when I was homeless and gave me somewhere to live for a year. It's incredible building that was purely for women. Yeah. Um, uh, they then rehoused me with another incredible charity called Women's Pioneer. So there's been lots and lots of different types for all of them, uh, charity-based, none of them government-based, interesting. 
interestingly. Mm. Um, I think that's probably a whole that's, other podcast, right? We're very keen to make that. Um, yeah. There was also, you, you mentioned also Monobox, uh, yeah. sort of because there's there was the initial idea for the play, but then yeah. actually bringing it to life. Yes, yeah, so Mon- yeah, Monobox are amazing. They're a theatre company uh, that sort of primarily work with um, aff- creating sort of affordable actor training, and they do brilliant kind of programs of work. But just before Christmas, they created their first um, playwriting-based project that they call Playstart, and um, and it was a application-based um, process. So it wasn't script-based; it was sort of uh, yeah, you know, a concept-based application. And and so this sort of idea, the idea of no fucks given, was there at that point in time. Although it was called Stacy, and it hasn't, it wasn't quite as evolved as it is now. And uh, I put that proposal forward and, and got picked. Me and three others, so there was four of us, and it culminated in a, a, a staged reading. But not just you know a, a hand in script. You know, it was a lovely six sort of about six week process um, where we where I was given a, a director and we got to professionally cast it. And we mm. uh, the writers got mentors, who uh, my incredible mentor. Uh, Catherine Sober, who's still helping me out now. Um, and she's brilliant. And she was, yeah, and so these are sort of the elements that came from it. And then it culminated in this sharing uh, where in- industry professionals uh, got invited. <laughs> got invited along. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and it was there that um, the King's Head producers saw my work. And so up until that point, I hadn't, you know, I've never, I wasn't a playwright before that. I was, uh, you know, homeless and not really doing very much. So to have that kind of platform as well was incredible. And then, yeah, and so so, but also to have your your work put out in that way is 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 scary and revealing, but brilliant and sort of courageous, and mm. all of that happened very quickly. Um, and the producers then approached me and said, "Can you turn it into a full length?" Mm. And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And so <laughs> these very personal stories. No problem. Do it right away. <laughs> <laughs> so these personal stories that you've been through, mm. um, you also touch on them in the play. They are yeah. themes in the play. Yeah. Um, how do they kind of come about? How do they? How do you show them? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think one of the things that I, I try I try not to let it be a, a tagline, but one of the things I always say is that it's not an autobiographical piece. Of course. Um, like, and, you know, and I'm sure all writers say that. It's that thing of like, you know, of course it's informed by my experiences, but I am not Stacey. Stacey is not me. But But I wanted to write about hidden homelessness. That was something that was very important to me. I think um, it's a phrase that maybe not even, sadly, not everyone's even familiar with, yeah. and, it, and it is an epidemic. And I think there is, and this is not to, to make sweeping statements about society, but I think uh, it, it, it can be said that homelessness is, it can be thought of as the alcoholic on the park bench, and actually it's not always in that way. It mm. can be about having nowhere to go and no form of income and having to be reliant on what we call loved ones until that runs out um and to get the type of support that you need you have that has to have run out as well um so because of my experience with that i did want to i did want to write about hidden homelessness i did want that to be uh, a big part of the story but i think one of the things that i'm always keen on as a writer is that 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 these themes don't um, overshadow the characters Mm -hmm. so it wasn't that so it's not just this sort of sad hour-long piece about about having nowhere to go uh actually it's, she doesn't it, admit it she doesn't acknowledge it for quite i feel like hmm. as a character which is a really interesting way of viewing it and a really real way definitely because a lot of i think our perceptions of self we go through so many ideals of what we want to be and it's kind of hmm. coming to a realization you have a realization hmm. Hmm. It's surprising to hear you talk about sort of 
I, I can hear you talking about the character in a way um, and uh, the hidden homelessness issue. But when you're talking about Stacey, this, this character that I haven't read, um, mm. but that feels very real in the way that you both speak about her, she, um, she seemed like she a lot so more like... She seemed like quite a, a mouthy, um, vibrant yeah, character yeah, yeah. Who, is, yeah. who doesn't fit the framework of preconceptions around sort of no. what I would imagine hidden homelessness is. Mm. So maybe could you tell me a bit more about who Stacey is? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I don't want to start quoting, but the opening line of the play is her and Stella, you know, after an all-day all drinking session in God, the pub. And uh, <laughs> and she's, the first thing she says to her is, oh, yeah. I was shagging this bloke for a bit who'd uh, shout Ramadan when he came, which I thought was odd because he was Jewish and my name isn't Dan. <laughs> and so Stella, and Stella replies with, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I hooked up with this bloke. And Stacey's like, no, 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 no you no, can't, can't say, say hooked up with. I don't know what that means. You know, does that mean, you know, holding hands or doing anal? I never really know what it means. <laughs> so, so you know, these anal, these... always anal. <laughs> <laughs> so that, so it's a, it's a uh, I don't really like the word, but it's a punchy little piece. Because um, well, it's real, because you do have those It's the sorts of conversations that you have, yeah. And I think, yeah. And I, and I think that it's, uh, or certainly they're the sort of conversations that me and a lot of my mates have. Yeah, and, totally. and, and I might pretend otherwise in certain company but 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 that's the reality and I think yeah so I think that's a big part of who she is I think you're right she is vibrant she's she's so fast you know she doesn't stop and part of that is the her survival technique that is that is actually part of her her downfall although we don't really see that necessarily in this Mm. piece but 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 the speed at which she approaches language and the and, and and the backstories and this kind of incredible kind of energy of just like you know it, it, uh, re- I think it drives the piece through. But it, but it's part of her appeal as a person as well. I just think it's relatable, just so relatable to um, see that dynamic of a female character because um, it's just like the I think that I don't know when whatever place that you're in I think that you can see a you can see, as I feel like a young woman, you can see a part of yourself in that, like just getting lost in it and wanting to go fast and not stop and keep going. Um, I think there's an energy that's really kind of um, tangible and real in that character that you just go, oh, I've been you, or I've seen someone be you, and yeah. It's- so in, in terms of um, the title of the play, how does that relate to that? Uh, oh god actually the the title of the play was something i struggled a little bit with um i did have this idea where i wanted to call it um uh, my melancholy brings all the boys to the yard and sort of went round and round the houses of whether or not to call it and then sort of this idea but 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 is melancholy too prescriptive a word i think was the question i ended up asking myself and and it was a difficult one because i something i was very keen on was not um, being too prescriptive I think mm. and, and saying to the audience this is a story about a mad girl or an alcoholic or a homeless person or you know it's it, I, you know actually I think there is nothing uh, concrete there is no uh, outcome that tells us that any of those things are a hundred percent true what I hope and what I think and, and the feedback that I've got from it is that 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 different people pick up different elements of that and they go, yeah, but, you know, she's clearly an alcoholic. You go, well, maybe she is, maybe she isn't, but she's certainly got an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. When we meet her, mm. the period of t- those three days that we see her, um, 
you know, we do know as a fact that she hasn't got anywhere to live. But what has led her there, we not. It's not completely clear about. I mean, I don't want to say too much because I want people to come and see it. Of course. But, but, but yeah, that, but part of those backstories are, um, yeah, are, are part of, of the reveals of, of 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 who she is and why she is the way she is. Yeah. I think, yeah. So time is going very quickly, mm, so I'm skipping through the plan a little bit. Um, I wanted to hear from Lily. Um, you kept a blog about producing this. Why, what, why did you do that? <laughs> it's been like, um, I think because, so it's called The Bad Producer. Um, and essentially, I think it's because of the way I came about working on the project as someone who didn't really necessarily understand my quite relationshipable role, but had an innate... Um, connection to both Daisy and the text and found it very important to want to show my support and that then developed into a working relationship that we Mm. now have together Mm. Um, and that means that I've essentially I am an actor and I've essentially as someone that is very dyslexic and highly disorganised, has ADD and all the rest, like um, I find this element of the industry or this element of work in terms of the arts has always been like the unreachable or the unknown mm. like I can't I'm not able to understand this I mm. can't do budgets I can't you know do a spreadsheet I can't do press releases or anything like that um but actually do you know what I think it comes down to um really believing in something and you kind of can overcome that uh, if you really you really need this i need i feel like i have a real need and a want for this play to be heard and seen mm. that i will probably still not do the press releases without about 20 or something Turning mistakes, but i mean <laughs> i have someone who have a spell check and daisy so it's all right um but um and yeah you you kind of you have a desire and want and that's stronger than any other obstacle you think you have in yourself. In terms of how the like, the fact that this play exists in the world now and people can see it, mm. I guess two questions related to that. How has that sort of impacted you, Daisy? And then also, um, what do you both want the audience to go away thinking? Well, that's a good question. I think, um, I mean, I'll be able to answer that more fully once it's opened <laughs> and I've had audience feedback, but certainly there's been... Um, there's, I think... Uh, I mean, I've touched on it. I think there's something incredibly courageous about writing um, and I think about um, revealing... You can't help but reveal elements of yourself within within that within mm. that process. And one of the questions which I personally consistently ask myself as I'm writing is: Is this the brave thing to say? Is this the thing which makes me feel uncomfortable? Is this the sort of reveal that I wouldn't share at work or whoever? And, and even said to my my parents, "As I don't, I really don't think you should come and see this one." But it, it's it's ha- pushing pushing those things that makes us feel brave and actually one of the things we touched on was that you know the hashtag me too movement and 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 thinking about how although this play isn't a direct response to that how it was written around the same time that that was happening and the incredible courage of women that that came forward with that and and the bravery that it takes and the camaraderie that comes from that and this kind of and it really does as a female playwright it was sort of that wave of push behind me it's like well if 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 this if these people can hashtag me too and I can hashtag me too then I can write about something that's as of equal importance and of equal reveal I mm. think um so uh what do I want the audience to take away uh, I I hope they hope they enjoy the yeah, hour of <laughs> 
Um, that is, we are getting dangerously close to the end of the show. We have one minute left. Uh, so I'm just going to wrap up. Thanks so much um, to both Thanks of you so for coming like, on. Thanks so talk so much. I mean, um, that's the point of the show. And so, yeah. Olympics. <laughs> so we are, of course, Very Loose Women. We are at VLW Radio on Twitter. Um, Very Loose Women on um, ACAST and iTunes podcast if you want to listen to previous episodes of the show. You can see No Fucks Given at the King's Head Theatre in Islington between the 8th and the 12th of May um, and there's six shows that's right wonderful so yep you can follow them um, no fucks given without the U I believe mm-hmm. no fucks um, on given Instagram. play yeah. yep there we go so um, thank and you very much at VLW Radio on Twitter if you guys that's your Twitter no yeah, that's, your, tw- okay. that's your Instagram Instagram yeah, yeah. yeah. And thank, thank you and good night yeah.